Hello and welcome to the second The Point Forward Podcast. I'm Justin. Excited to be bringing you another pod. We're taping this on a Wednesday night, so the second night of the NBA season. A bigger slate of games tonight. And of course, PJ's with me. PJ, how are you? What's up, everybody? How's it going? So, uh, good first night. What do you think? Oh, well... You know, I, the Warriors are on pace to uh, not win a game. Is it the uh, biggest collapse in sports? I mean, can we – I think we can – it's safe to say we could start talking eight seed for them. Best case scenario. I think it's a full-on tank. I think they've they've officially they've, – they've done the, the best undercover tank of all time. It's only a matter of time before – Celtics start talking Brooklyn picks and trying to get Draymond or KD from them. I mean, that's obviously not. If, anyway, well, okay, you don't want Kevin Durant. We'll, we'll, you don't we'll, want Kevin Durant. No, no. Uh, we'll, he's, we'll, he's, <laughs> he's a cancer. He's winless. We'll talk more about the Warriors all throughout this pod. But let's start with another exciting game from last night, PJ, and that is the King leading the Cavs. The champs. The champs leaving, leading, uh, or LeBron leading the Cavs to uh, easy victory over the Knicks. I don't know if that affects your super team power rankings this week, but um, mm. not a great start by the Knicks. So, what is, uh, what were your overall thoughts about that game and and how LeBron played and how the Knicks how the Knicks looked? Well, both super teams were did did struggle. Um, the Knicks did, but I got my my the first thing on my notes. My biggest thing was. Uh, does LeBron need to chill out a little bit? Because, um, frankly, I, I kind of felt like he uh, was playing like it was he was playing the Warriors. It was the final still. He didn't let up at all. Um, See, is it really? That's what you thought? He was going – I mean, there was a couple of those – I mean, he was just blocking stuff at points. I thought um, See, cause in a I lot thought- of ways he, need, he was like he was playing – like almost too intense, and it was like kind of let the Knicks stay in this maybe a little bit more, keep it in a ga- as a game. I think that the only reason that it was a game going into the second half was because Kyrie didn't have a great first half. But when right. I watched LeBron play, like he had a block on Courtney Lee that it did. It, it was it was a great block. It went off the glass. They got the ball and I think scored on the other end. But it's it looks effortless, honestly. I mean he. He's seen the he's seen that move from Courtney Lee to take a baseline, try to get a quick layup on the other side of the rim like a million times. He just blocked yeah. it like it was nothing. I, I don't know. I mean, he had I think he was I saw a stat. He was I think he had six dunks last night and he was yeah. one away from his personal best, so I just mean like he was going at it so yeah, hard. I mean, I know was. it was I knew he was going to just because it was get in the rings and just yeah, like putting on a sure. show he had to compete with the world series and give the people something but it was almost like yeah, after that second half started there wasn't much reason to watch it uh it really spiraled out from that second half i mean Kyrie scored at one point had scored as many points he had 19 in the third and the Knicks as a team had 19 yeah he uh he really took it over in the third and he like i said before he really had a rough first half not that he's taking bad looks and he looked good i mean he was moving around really well he just uh 
he just they just weren't going in for him. But Whoa. I thought I mean part of it that helped too is that Brandon Jennings started guarding him and R.I.P. Brandon Jennings in that third. I mean he he got worked by Kyrie. There's <laughs> just put a clinic on him, used him as a dribble dummy. Uh, Kyrie Irving's so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, guys I mean, with the ball, there just isn't like Steph's really great because he's doing all this pull up stuff, and I mean Kyrie definitely has that element to his game too. But just when he gets in the paint, it's so it's he embarrasses people. It's great. Yeah, um, I mean him in traffic is is something something special. I mean, to him off the pick and roll, and I mean I was talking about it last night too. It's just he does this that spin move he does off that pick and roll is just devastating and like it's just all he doesn't need any space he needs just this little bit and he does these little tiny crossover dribbles just right in between his feet almost and just is able to wiggle in and out it's he's got some of the i mean he's he's in my opinion has the like dirtiest handles in the league but yeah and that i mean that's i think people debate between him and steph and john wall but they're all kind of different Kyrie's. Def, I mean, I would say he's the shiftiest, probably the quickest guy. But yeah, I mean, he, Steph. But Steph's doing his like his moves are always to create space for him to get a shot. Like Kyrie's in some ways doing that, but he, I mean, he'll drive. I mean, he's his game is so he's he's definitely a drive first kind of guard in my right. opinion. But I mean, yeah, I was I was just eating eating up all of Kyrie last night too. So we can talk about the, how great the Cavs are, but we everyone knows that they're great. The Knicks, however, had really high hopes going into the season, and they have some really interesting pieces. Carmelo is obviously a star, but has never really made it that far in the playoffs or never made it to a finals. Uh, and then they have other big names on their roster, and then Chris Stapps being a really young, promising player, but... Uh, was there anything last night that was kind of a red flag for you? Do you think this team isn't going to fit, or do you think that it's you know this is just one of those things that's going to take time, and that maybe they could put it all together and make you know middle of the Eastern Conference playoffs? Well, I mean, I definitely. I mean, yeah, you say it's probably about ninety percent of the league is that the rotations are definitely not what they're going to be down the stretch because, I mean, you already kind of saw issues. Um, I didn't really like them taking Chris Stops out so early in that first and just kind of setting up with the the bench guys. I mean, the biggest thing I took away, though, I mean, me being uh, a Bulls fan and, and looking at young Derrick Rose, not young anymore, but just Derrick's and, and seeing how he was going to look as a Nick and adjusting to – him and Noah in, in Nick's uniforms, but I mean, Derek got up a couple times. Which I thought was... he, I thought he, all things considered, if I was a Knicks fan, I'd be pretty encouraged. I mean, he made a couple plays. I mean, so there's there's one he little more exclo- explosive than I've seen him in a long time. Yeah, I mean, he that's yeah, he showed some burst. He uh, definitely there was a couple drives and and he really elevated, uh, and that wasn't that. <laughs> never happened last year. I mean, he had one, one drive in that first half. I I thought he might have actually dunked, but I still I don't think he's believes he can dunk can dunk yet or is comfortable doing it in a game. Right. Um. I did have one little fun little twi- Twitter nugget I, I found last night. 
from uh, from a guy I follow, Kurt Keelan. He's uh, at Basketball Talk. He dropped this little statistic. So 41% of the time that Derrick Rose, 41% of Derrick Rose's shot attempts last night came after uh, seven or more dribbles, and that resulted in him carrying the ball and having the ball in his hand for at least six seconds. So, I mean, he was, and which you could kind of tell at points, but it's just, I mean, of the shots he was getting, which was the same case with the Bulls. I mean, he had to have the ball in his hand. I mean, he was holding on to it, kind of this ISO. I mean, so from that perspective, but, I mean, they did get him in some pick and roll with, with Chris Stops, which looked good, I think. And, I mean, that was the only other thing I really cared. Came away big last night. I think Chris Stops looked like he's ready to start year two right where he left off last year. Yeah, I mean, Chris Stapps is really fun to watch, and I think he looked good last night, but I think that will be something to monitor throughout the season is can Derrick Rose play off ball with Carmelo Anthony in that lineup? Because it seems like when he can make plays and get in the paint, some good things can happen, but Carmelo's best with the ball too. Um, You know, his favorite thing, and I think it's a a great shot, is that if you get him one-on-one on the wing, he's he's going to make a play. He's going to be able to put the ball on the floor and then either get to the rim or he's going to get an open jump shot, which he shoots really well. So, you know, if, if Derrick Rose can shoot mid 30% from three and play catch and shoot with Carmelo, then I think this team can do something. But if he's just going to be, yeah, you know, I mean, a ball suck, then, you know, I think the team. Will, yeah. Will be in I just, I, I mean, just in how the NBA is going right now, I just, I mean, you can't, hold the ball that long. I mean, you've got to move it. You've got to be doing something with it. I mean, Derek loves to dribble at the top of the key and just kind of hang out for a couple seconds there. I mean, I th- honestly, though, like going back to that, the rotation part of it, though, is of any of the guys on that team, I mean, it's – I almost think of, of those guys, like Derek and Kristaps can play, get in a rhythm. But they were only really doing that, I think, when you had Mel on the bench. And that's – I mean, it's kind of crazy to think, but – it almost makes sense for them to to have Melo be one of the first starters out, and then you know get in a run with this this backups with the the bench kind of that that second unit in the second quarter. I mean, he can go against a lesser defender and just put up points at that point. I mean, I it'll be that's like the interesting thing because some those pieces don't fit together where they all can be on the court at the same time for long spurts I don't think and I you're you're gonna need to find who can play at that second unit who can kind of be the guy that runs that second unit for for a few minutes and that's how they kind of create a lot of their offense and keep the attack going you know yep I agree so let's move on to the other game that we talked a little bit about once we started this pod and that is the Spurs versus the Warriors last night a game where I would say probably 99% of America thought that the Warriors would win that game handily at home fresh first game Kevin Durant is on the team but lo and behold the Spurs came in and they kicked their ass frankly I mean it was not yes it was other than a brief stretch at the end of the second quarter when the new lineup of death 
you know, shot really well, hit a couple threes. Steph got going. KD had a few easy baskets and cut the lead down a little bit. And then the Spurs ended up scoring a few baskets before half. I mean, after that, it just got just went downhill from there. So <laughs> we <laughs> made a lot of jokes uh, about Joke this being a problem for the Warriors, but there's no reason to be worried, right, Peach? No, I mean. The biggest thing I, I think you'd take away, I'd be, yeah, the Warriors, but I, I think a lot of their problems were on the fact that they had, like, kind of that, that stereotypical Warriors turnover where they're just kind of being silly, loose with the ball, and they just they throw these really impossible passes just almost as to challenge, you know, what their, their limitations are, and they, they make those a lot. Drive Steve Kerr crazy. You can always see it. Um, but defensively, too, I mean, they just – really were bad they were really poor at transition and even just you know team defense wise you could tell they were weren't communicating well Spurs got a lot of open drives looks to the basket um it was on the defensive side it was it was pretty subpar for them and the Spurs yeah, just it, I mean they're gonna take advantage of that with their ball movement every time yeah my thing is that well the, so the Warriors didn't play well, and they played bad defensively. I mean, they didn't. They played poorly on defense, no question about it. Um, but I think if you look at how Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, I mean, if you, they're pretty. They're big four. I think yeah. that they it it fit pretty well. I mean, I don't. I don't think you should really be. Oh, they're not. They like, don't. They like no, Clay got. They Clay didn't have got, a problem scoring. Like Clay got open looks, he just didn't have a good shooting night, and that's gonna happen. And it's gonna right. not gonna it's not gonna happen very often. Most nights he'll be on, and I, I, I throw money down that when they play the Pelicans later this week, he's gonna have a good game. But look at their numbers and just the eye test too. They moved the ball just fine. Uh, people got open looks. No yeah. one's numbers really were diminished. It's just when they were running pick and roll off Zaza. When he, whenever he's in there, whatever center was thrown in the game, they're just going to exploit that. And the Spurs are the, you know, arguably the best coach team, so they can do that just as well as anybody. And uh, you combine that with the fact that Kawhi Leonard has his best scoring night of his career, and Lamarcus Aldridge shoots like seventy percent from the field, and you're going to lose by twenty plus points. Yeah, I mean. There were a couple times Lamarcus worked worked Draymond pretty good. I mean, Draymond was glued on him defensively one on one, but I mean, there was one I think it was the second quarter that Lamarcus had the ball and just like backed back Draymond in. Draymond kind of pushed him out, but then he hit a fader from like the elbow. Um, he yeah, looked it's, good. yeah. I mean, he looked good, but I think Kawhi, Kawhi, I, I definitely think put in some work. To, on his offensive game because um, I think he's he knows he's going to have to be more of a scoring have more of a scoring role on this team this year um, but the one really encouraging thing on the Spurs side that was good to see is Paul Gasol still won't defend the pick and roll so I'm glad that wasn't just a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a I mean, thing he, he did was, in Chicago he was pretty much non-existent I mean that that is I like saw it. I just went. That's my pa. Just no pa pa pa. Just doesn't like uh, doesn't know how to do that pick and roll so well. Doesn't like defending it. No, not really. I 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't really know what to say when it comes to this game. I, think I mean, the, I think the Warriors are going to look to bounce back, and they're going to experiment throughout the season on who they want to play at the five and how much Draymond's going to play there. And I think most nights it's really not going to matter because they're going to be just outscoring teams to the point that they can put whoever they want there for however long they want them to be. It's just yeah. when you play really good Western Conference teams, if you're not able to get some rim protection and stop the pick and roll, then you're going to get eaten up. And the the Warriors can beat that, but not when Clay Thompson's shooting, I don't know, 20% from the field or whatever he shot. Right. Yeah. And, I I mean, I think overall, yeah, I mean, offensively isn't going to be a problem. I didn't really – they had their couple of lulls, but, I mean, with, the, with some of that second unit came in, but – at the same time, I think it is just going to take time. It kind of seemed at points too in the game, how it, when when Steph or Clay had the ball, especially, it's kind of like when they they were playing that they, they forgot for moments. It's just they've been programmed to think Harrison Barnes was in the game, was in the corner there, and so I think it's going to take time for them to really realize the spacing and just what Kevin can do and you know where he's going to be, and even defensively too. There were some times where. You saw kind of a cluster of of warriors, and Kevin's able to just you know help. And uh, as far as team defense goes, I mean, he's able to disrupt passing lanes a lot more. And defensively, he was doing a lot of the things that kind of had him in a role similar to in the Western Conference Finals when he was on the Thunder. You know, he was playing more of a post defensive role, had a couple real nice blocks, and was disrupting a lot in there. Um, so that's kind of cool. I mean, if it's him and Draymond and that. Uh, lineup yeah. of death. That's that, that that is gonna be nice at points. I think for them for sure. Yeah, I mean definitely. And another point for the Spurs is that their bench just really outplayed the Warriors. Yeah. Jonathan Simmons had yep. twenty plus yep. points and just lit it up. Uh, Patty Mills. He's such a Spursy well guy. Bench. Yeah, he totally is. I mean, I think he's twenty seven. Yeah, he's from like the right. University of Houston. He was just a D. I don't. Yeah, he was like a four-year college guy. Um, he was kind of bounced around up and down on the Spurs D League team for a few years, and then he finally got like a nice run last year with them. And then, uh, but yeah, he had some big games last year for him off the bench. And some of those games were you know pop. We'll sit a bunch of the starters, give him a rest. That's like Jonathan Simmons kind of time to shine. I mean, they've had they've had guys like that throughout the time since Pop's been there. Just dudes that can can fill it up when uh, they during the regular season at least put up some nice stats every once in a while. Right. Well, I'm sure that everyone that picked the Warriors win wins took the under there. I'm sure that they're feeling pretty good today, but it's a long season. They're going to be fine. Um, yeah, but, one of eighty-two. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't think that there was too big of an overreaction today, just in the media in general or anything. But it's it's just funny because they're gonna be fine. <laughs> the war, the my opinion on the Warriors has not changed in the slightest bit based yeah. off of that game. I do, I, I feel. I'm, and maybe have changed my opinion a little bit about the Spurs. I guess I feel you know if Kawhi can if Kawhi can score at the clip they did last night, then that does elevate them a little bit. Then and gives them a better chance because he's always been a, an unbelievable defender and uh, turned into 
one of the top three-point shooting wings in the league, but if he can make the kind of offensive plays like he was last night, I mean, he, it was a different – not stuff that we haven't seen before, but this he's expanded. really put together four quarters of right. playing like a distributor yeah. as well I as I mean, it's, it's going to be his show. Yeah, it's definitely going to be his show to run this year, so – I liked what I saw from both. I mean, I thought the Spurs definitely, I mean, they shot a pretty ridiculous percentage. Like, from they shot 50% yeah. from three. I mean, yeah. I think that comes down. The Warriors only shot 21%. That'll come up. So, just look at that alone. That's that's a big difference there. But as far as them getting looks and shots, like, yeah. they'll, they'll be all right. Speaking of a team that shot really well from three last night, the third game of the night was the Portland Trailblazers versus the Utah Jazz, in which the it was kind of a back and forth game, but the Trailblazers ended up winning. Damian Lillard had a huge game, thirty nine points, nine rebounds, six assists, and I believe as a team they shot over sixty percent. So that may have something to do with the fact they they won, and might also have something to do with the fact that Gordon Hayward didn't play and that uh, Derek Favors didn't play, but. Still, nonetheless, a good win for a team that shelled out a ton of money in the offseason. And the uh, making us feel a little bit better about our jazz hate just from one game. The one-game optics were – I'm feeling better about the, the jazz hate I think we're going to kind of have to at least start this year. Well, the only reason that the jazz were even in the game is because Joe Johnson had a Joe Johnson from 10 years ago type of game and – I don't foresee that being <laughs> a staple this season for the Jazz. So, I mean, but the reason we want to talk, the big thing that we want to take away from this game is that Damian Lillard is the man. I mean, yeah, he I looked mean, really good last night. Dame Dollar was was kind of the, the dude I was looking at as a dark horse MVP. That was before he said he was going for the MVP kind of thing. Um, I I just thought last year he had put together some really nice games, especially at the, towards the end, and it's just kind of how that team was going last year where it was them kind of being the team. It was us against the world mentality for them a bit, and I think they really proved that they're still talented, even without LaMarcus. It's Damon CJ's show for sure, but, I mean, yeah, Damian put on a clinic. I mean, it was he was – it was it was good to see. I only got to watch about the first half because of uh, the Knicks and the Knicks Cavs game, and then the Warriors Spurs game, and then the little Cubs playoff, little World Series action on on this end of the sports viewing. But from what I saw from Damian, yeah, I think it's going to be just the beginning of just a tear. He's going to go on here. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that he. I mean, his stats have gotten better from year to year. And on the offensive end, his skills have never really been in question. I It would be great to see. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't get quite as much hate as James Harden does when it comes to defense. And maybe it's because he is slightly better on the defensive end of the floor. But um, regardless, he's, he's super fun to watch. That backcourt in general between him and CJ McCollum is just – they're a really fun team. Um, 
I don't think that Damian Lillard, you know, we're talking about him in the scope of being an an MVP candidate. I don't think he's been elected by the fans to an all-star game. I'm pretty sure the last two seasons he ended up making the teams because of injuries, but I don't think he's ever actually been voted in. So I do have a slight spin on that even because if you look at the national TV schedule, I think the Trailblazers have 13 or 14 games this year. Um, which is, I mean, good because that's that has been like the one thing with him is that because they're a West Coast team, a lot of people don't get to see them, especially on the East Coast. Uh, sure, yeah. So I think that's hurt him a little bit rep wise, and just like when people talk about some of the upper echelon players in the league, but then I mean, like in the playoffs, he puts up, and I like people know who Damian is, but it's um, they're gonna know his his music talents as well here now but uh he uh i mean i think that kind of helps too is if he goes off on a couple of these national games that helps like writers kind of put more attention towards him give him some love kind of be like hey for these west coast games when they come on you know stay up watch watch dame watch, watch these trailblazers they're fun they could kind of be like the poor man's poor man's uh warriors in some ways i think with just how they're they're structured but well, they kind of have that all feel the, all they, the three points you didn't have but don't they i mean i don't know what you think but like kind of going this year they not to say they're gonna be like the war but like how the warriors were still with mark jackson when mark jackson's still there that feel where they were like a fun tv team fun video game team kind of type of yeah um, how they're yeah. assembled and everything like it it kind of has that feel to me still i mean like yeah, I, that's kind of what it, i first thought of when i was thinking about them going into this year i understand the comp but the, i think the big glaring difference is that the blazers have the second highest payroll in the nba and the warriors a few years ago probably <laughs> right. the, lo- the lowest i mean the yeah blazers, i mean they had a bunch of dudes on rookie rookie scale and the Blazers went out and spent a ton of money in free agency. Right. And most of it was on their own guys. And I, yeah. you know, I think it's great. Like, just to throw in, just to comment on how they handled free agency this year, if I think it's awesome that they have, if you have guys in house, even if you have to pay more to keep them, because I don't think many people would say that Alan Crabb's contract is exactly trade friendly and Evan Turner's definitely isn't. But you see what Evan Turner was able to do in the second unit at Boston. And what he can do when he you give he's essentially your backup point guard, backup point forward. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't. I just think it's really there. It's going to be interesting to see how all these pieces fit going forward because, I mean, this is the ver- this version right now of the Blazers. And granted, they're hoping to see players grow because everyone's so young. But this is the version that we're going to see for a decade. I mean. This, these guys are signed to long-term deals with exception to Dame. I think he has a few years left on his deal, but they're going to lock him up too. Uh, you know, it's just, I think it's it's going to be really cool to watch, and I, hell, I hope they turn into the, uh, you know, the the Warriors, or a Warriors quality team. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah, no, and I mean, I totally, yeah, they've definitely locked in on a lot of these dudes, um, but I mean, I, I don't think anyone's really too untradeable still i mean the cap's still going up you're gonna have teams that are looking to 
move pieces around, kind of set themselves. I mean, you're still going to have teams that are going to have a lot of cap room because they're trying to save cap space and and develop and grow. And I think it's just right now where we're going to start to see things move later in the season. It's just you're going to have teams start to figure out this new league, the new salary cap, and, and understand where they're really falling in the ranks of teams right now, how they're assembled. And so, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Trailblazers in a couple of years could package a couple of these dudes when they're a little bit more established and that money probably looks better than it does right this second. Yeah, it they could they could realistically make a trade down the line. I'm not saying that no one's moving from this team. I'm just saying that if you looked yeah. if you saw these contracts a year ago, you would say that they're awful, but in you know when Timofey Mozgov is making $16 million a year, you know, Alan Crabb making around that and Evan Turner making around that is fine when it comes, as far as I'm concerned. But let's move right. on, PJ, to some other NBA stuff. So Dennis Schroeder was signed to a four-year, $70 million extension today. Uh, I think yeah. Speaking it's of very money. interesting. I like, I, like, I like Schroeder. I think he's fun to watch. I think his hair is dope. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd given him that money this very second. Yeah, I mean, but we just talked like about money yeah. and what everyone's <laughs> making. I'm not surprised. I mean, I knew they, they were up against the deadline to extend them. So, like, yeah, you just got to. And, I mean, they already traded Jeff Teague. So, there's no question they're all in on Dennis Schroeder. But um, I think they uh, – yeah, I like, I like Schroeder. I think uh, – He's a solid dude. I mean, I just like with him and Teague, I liked it better. I mean, I liked him running that second unit, so he had those spurts. But just him going up against you know top line point guards every night will be interesting. But as far as the NBA goes now, you have to have a point guard. He's in. He's a point like. I mean, I would say he's an above average NBA point guard for sure. I mean, he's he's definitely got the ability. But I just yeah. don't know if it it how it looks in a longer stretch. You know, if him playing more minutes does does he get worn down? You know, how does he handle that? Because I mean, he's not a big guy. No, he's not. He's pretty skinny. Like, I mean, his game is is really creating for other dudes. So um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I he's probably it's a fine contract. I mean, it's probably just fine for them to do, and it'll be good to see how him playing with Dwight especially like how they can utilize Dwight how he can get Dwight the ball because it's gonna be probably one of his biggest jobs is to keep Dwight involved in things down there I feel like and I'm not basing this on any insider info I know I, you know, I don't know anything but I feel like him and Dwight are gonna I feel like he's gonna hate Dwight I mean that's not that outland like I don't that's not that big of a hot take considering Dwight has Everyone's kind of hated Dwight. Yeah, I mean, he has kind of that track record, but I just feel like Teague maybe could have dealt with him, and I feel like Schroeder's just going to be, I can't believe I have to deal with this guy. So I know, like, other outlets have talked about it, but we haven't. But, I mean, like, couldn't you make the argument in some ways, though, that Schroeder's probably the best point guard that Dwight's played with? I mean... When you compare Beverly, yeah, before that it was probably Jameer Nelson. Yeah. You had Beverly, 
Um, who was on the who? Because it wasn't Steve Nash. I mean, Nash was hurt for most of the time. That's a good in question. LA. I couldn't even tell you who the Lakers' backup point guard when Steve Nash was there. <coughs> wasn't it? Yeah, I. Yeah, Is I Derek no Fisher still there? No, Fish wasn't. I mean, anyway, but but since we can't name the person, thing. since we can't name the person, that kind of shows how how good of a point guard they probably were. I mean, so if, like from that perspective, yeah, I mean that's a really good like, point. I and hey, I could be wrong. Um, maybe they'll be a great fit. I just, I mean, that's another huge thing to keep an eye on in the NBA in general this year and maybe ever it'd be interesting to see how people really feel about Dwight at this point like do you are you rooting for him are you rooting against him like what are your feelings on him um I mean I was a big Dwight guy in Orlando I'd like to see him succeed in Atlanta personally yeah I mean I was a big Dwight guy in Atlanta I mean I just think or not Atlanta Orlando I just think he uh, really kind of handle things pretty poorly um since he left orlando and just like he kind of got in his own head and i mean i think dwight's been his biggest enemy at points and it's just it's pretty simple with him i just like you're like just go out there you know if if he just does his part and doesn't worry about the grander scope and try to say and act like he's a better player than he is in a lot of ways. It's like if Dwight just does his job, like he's he's gonna dominate. I mean, he's still probably top five of centers he could be in the league. I mean, he's physically just a freak. So just yeah. there's there's but there's just a lot of extra with him that I'm kind of hoping in Atlanta that goes away and it kind of just turns into through all this last couple years with L. A. and in Houston. It's just maybe now he'll just chill out and just play basketball i hope so too i hope that's the case i mean so he, we have so few talented centers now it's like yeah and so nice steve blake steve blake was the point guard okay with with dwight in la so, so yeah dennis uh, schroeder's the best Schroeder, point guard schroeder's the, yeah that's true It'll, and who knows if dwight howard will want to you know run the pick and roll with him and go for alley-oops as opposed to trying to get the ball on the block and try to put a post move together and score but but to, that's been the issue right i mean yeah, he, just wants, uh, he wants his touches he wants the ball on the block and he wants to be able to do something and score he doesn't want to be uh, a deandre jordan type which i that's the best version of him block shots rebound the hell out of the basketball and, and run the, the floor. basket run yeah the floor. well i mean yeah i mean he for like a couple years in Orlando, I mean, like he had like really awkward looking, unconventional post moves, but he had like a couple. Um, now he doesn't, and it's like, yeah, I mean, if he could play with Schroeder, I think like, and that's partly on his teammates too. It's just like, if you can convince Dwight to run the floor, get a rebound, hustle back on offense, like prove to him that you're gonna get him the ball. He can get eight, ten easy points right there if he rebounds, like. You don't have to do much to keep a big guy involved and and keep his energy up. You just have to, you know, when they hustle, give him a couple of those passes, and he kind of does need a guy that's gonna recognize that and know when he needs to keep Dwight in the game, maybe when he's he's checking out a little bit. For sure. Um, well, that's enough Hawks talk for now. But 
Uh, let's move on. There were some some interesting new commercials coming out and some pretty, I mean, overall, pretty dope sneakers coming out now that the NBA is starting. So I wanted to get your opinion on LeBron's new kicks he was rocking last night. Steph came out with a new commercial showing his new non-old man Steph's for Under Armour they came out with. James Harden just released some sneaks. What are you thinking? What were your yeah, thoughts? I mean, the, all the guys' all the guys' shoes are starting to drop now. Um, the the LeBron commercial I kind of just found very interesting. I mean, the overall message was like unexpected, but and I think it was supposed to be centered around the the block that he had in the finals, but it like and just being coming out of nowhere, and that was like they're going with their they kind of went at it like <laughs> in a way that I just had a laugh at, where it's like. <laughs> Oh, you know, everyone was counting me out. All these other guys were touted as like the next great thing, and I made it out. Like I tried to, you know, I was like, I understand LeBron wasn't, you know, in the like living in a his, you know, his living with his mom. Like they weren't rich. I mean, like they were hardworking family in Cleveland. But like obviously he made a big break. But I, when you kind of compare him to I think other stories you've heard from guys in the NBA, you're like. Well, LeBron, did you? How many people were really counting you out? I mean, you were a six nine, two hundred and like forty pound kid coming out of an eighteen year old kid coming out of high school. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that part of it's a little just far fetched. I was like, all right, like, and plus you've been in the league like twelve. Like, maybe do that after you won your first, shit, you know, something like that. Like this now, like, yeah, it seems like it's it was about a, weird a decade message. too late. Yeah, yeah, he, he, I have no doubt. From from all I've heard, he had kind of a rough childhood, didn't have a lot of money. Um, yeah. But I come mean, on, man. Ever since you were 15, 16 years old, you were talking about the next best basketball player. I seriously doubt. I mean, you were driving an H2 before you got out of high school. Uh, you were on Sports Illustrated before you got out of high school. You were the next MJ. It, yeah, to, to I, say that I came out of nowhere is like, I mean, I, yeah, I don't like think said, that could have been the message. On, it was a play. Like, it was a play on this block they had in the finals. So I like, get it. Like but, not to not to tell any Nike marketing execs how to do their job, but couldn't you do the exact same commercial almost? But just be like, just do like a never give up message. Or like you could just play off of the Warriors blew a three one lead in the finals, um, and who who helped do like you know? I would have. Bron got kicked like, in the nuts and got back up. You know. I, yeah, I mean, why can't you do a play on getting kicked in the nuts by Draymond Green, coming back, putting together essentially like a 40-10-10 line for the next three games, and then you rocked like Ultimate Warrior t-shirt. Like, why can't this be an Ultimate Warrior commercial or something? Like, that would be the ultimate FU to the Warriors, and it would have been dope and, you know, yeah. whatever. I, I mean, I don't want to dig too deep into LeBron's because I really want to talk about steps as well because I mean everyone Forget knows at this Steph point Curry how happened. much shit he got for the last sneakers that came out and this one's pretty much like alright kind of poke some fun at the other ones for being for old people now we're only going to have people under the age of 8 years old in this commercial and they're all going to be wearing these sneaks and they're dope and they, I, I like them a lot more they definitely don't look like the all white or all black New Balance sneakers that everyone's grandpa wears around, but like the commercials was still 
like you said, not trying to tell Under Armour, marketing people how to do their job, but I feel like you could have made something a little more, uh, I don't know, acknowledging the fact that the last pair of sneakers you made sucked. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, oh, forget, you know, just don't, don't, you know, those sneakers, we messed up on those, let's, uh, let's move on to these other, these more dope looking ones. Um, also, wasn't that like six months ago, and don't, usually these shoes come out like every year, where they just like, we oh, need to come yeah. out, we need to come out with some new ones, because those ones are so bad. No, yeah, I mean, usually, usually guys aren't doing a new shoe that quick, like, yeah, it's, it's a flop, and whatever so i mean it's like i'm just glad that yeah the narrative of like no 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 the steph twos are like they're they're cool yeah like well i'm like no they're bad they were dumb it was silly these ones you know they have the warrior colors you've yeah you, it's not hard to make a dope shoe in the mpa uh like you just gotta kind of do a few simple things and that you're good like and yeah have a dope commercial <sighs> All I right. liked Steph's more though, honestly. Like I did like the Steph commercial, a little okay. bit of the gospel. I like, like, yeah, I think I like the commercial more too. LeBron shoes are better though. Oh, the LeBron, yeah, LeBron's are. I've never been a LeBron shoe guy. Like I've, I tried to wear them one. Like they're just they were always like heavy to me. I mean, so I got with the, these on. I got the first ones and they were heavy. I remember they were definitely the yeah. best basketball shoes I ever played with. I, I tried the really first cool ones, and I was them, like, so. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, I tried, like, two of them on. Like, there were two times I tried to buy basketball shoes and, and get them, and I was like, these things are, like, the clunkiest, like, giant things ever. Like, I was like, I couldn't – I don't want to play basketball with these cement blocks on. Well, you I wear, mean, like, that just, 16s I think, too, right? So those yeah, are probably, like, 10 right. pounds. But I mean, like for LeBron to wear that kind of thing, like that's even more impressive because, like, he, imagine how much higher you could get if you wore like crazy lights or some other shit. Like, you know, you wore a lighter shoe. Hey, that's a good point too. All right, well, enough shoe talk here. Let's um, we should probably wrap up here pretty quick, PJ. But first, yeah. let's. What are what are you looking forward to the rest of the week as far as NBA goes? You're going to the Bulls opener tomorrow i am tomorrow night we're going to go see the yep bulls bulls celtics it's gonna be a, a pretty excited see what happens with it um definitely looking forward to seeing the what i'm calling the suicide squad bulls um see how they look and and then as well the celtics see al horford debut with them and and what they have in store are you pretty excited to see the reception for wade yeah, I mean, so my whole thing with that is I'm pretty bummed they're doing the from Chicago thing with him, just because that was Derrick Rose's thing, and I kind of like feel like it's just a cheap, such a cheap marketing thing. But it was like, there's a lot behind Derrick having it, and like for D Rose to be in it, it's kind of lame. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, as far as uh, some other games this week, there should be pretty good. Something to look forward to. There's definitely a, I mean, there's a huge game coming up next week that we'll talk a little bit more about uh, when we come out with another pod this weekend. But uh, w- between the Warriors and the Thunder, that I'm already looking forward to that. Yeah. But we got a couple rematches from the playoffs last year. The Trailblazers play the Clippers later this week. Cavs also play the Raptors. Those should both be uh, must-watch 
if they're on national TV, which I actually don't know if they are, but mm. league pass. Yeah, I don't know what the national can. schedule is. I just I mean, yeah, the Thursday. I mean, they're the only ones I know. And I'm, I, dude, I'm kind of bummed. I probably won't be able to watch as much ball this weekend just with these Cubbies World Series going on. So yeah, this Bulls game is going to be the kind of big time matchup. I'm going to get get in this weekend. We'll see. I'll definitely have good feedback for uh, on it. Hopefully, see. Hopefully, Fred and the boys f- get a get a nice first win. We're in high spirits when we I'll do our, our pod to, later at the weekend. I'll start tuning into the World Series once we're starting to get clinching games. Until then, I don't have a I don't have a horse in that race, so that's all right. Yeah, and I'm hoping the Suicide Squad Bulls, while this Cub buzz is going. They can kind of figure some stuff out and let Fred hey. let Fred put his put get get this train going again. It's good to be a Chicago good to be a sports fan in Chicago right now though, so you can't really complain too much. Mm-hmm. I have to watch Bears football every Sunday, so. Oh, uh, that's true. All right, everyone. Well, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening to episode one. Heard a lot of great feedback. Please take the time to email us at the point forward nba at gmail.com we'd appreciate any comments you guys have or anything that you any advice that you could give to make the podcast better uh follow us on twitter at the point forward and give pj and i a follow he's at foolish killa i'm at ultra jacobs uh we have a facebook page called called the point forward you can also download our i or our podcast on itunes or stitcher so uh any last words, Peach? Oh man, let's go. It's almost at the weekend. It's uh, gonna be a good time. Go Bulls! Yeah, man. Go T Wolves. Talk to you guys later in the week. See ya.